0: From the Alaska Airlines Studio. Presented by 2020lifestyles.com. This is The Blitz. The first look at the top stories in Seattle sports. I don't like them like that. We're not like everybody else. The rundown on everything Seattle sports on your way to work. Swing and a five ball. Deep right center
1: field. He did it again.
0: And the stories everyone is talking about. This is the Blitz at six.
2: Good morning, friends. Welcome to the Blitz at six. Lydia Cruz alongside with you, Friday, July twenty fourth. It is Mariners opening day. We got a little teaser, a little appetizer of baseball yesterday. The Yankees beat the Nationals four to one in just a five and a half inning game. It was truncated by lightning, downpouring of rain. Garrett Cole. Nearly had a no-hitter for his pinstripe debut, but gave up a lone home run to Adam Eaton. Meanwhile, baby bombers in full midseason form. A couple of huge knocks, including Giancarlo Stanton's 459-foot home run. I don't know how he does that without looking like he even swings hard, breaks a sweat. Yeah. Dodgers also beat the Giants 8-1 to in Los Angeles, despite Clayton Kershaw, a late scratch for him. What would have been his ninth opening day start there due to back issues? Instead, 22-year-old Dustin May was on the mound. Uh, and then Mookie Betts making his debut as a Dodgers, so we'll discuss later in this hour. But a huge preview of the Mariners' action going down today against the Houston Astros. And, of course, you can listen right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. We've also got some discussions going on between the NFL and the NFLPA scheduled to take place today. What the latest might be on that And uh, the Washington football team, well, it continues to do Washington football team things, especially in 2020. We'll tell you the latest all ahead in this hour. Right now, let's get to your headlines, which let's start uh, with hearing from Dave today. It just seems appropriate.
0: Someone once said you don't grip a baseball. A baseball grips you. It fills our days and brightens our nights over the course of a season and the span of a lifetime. We share a hope, drama, and joy. It brings us all closer together nine innings at a time. It's the game we live. It's the game we love welcome back baseball welcome
2: back there's really no better way to start a friday unless of course it includes Mariners baseball later today Marco Gonzalez going to be on the mound versus Justin Verlander in Houston 6:10 p.m. first pitch and you can hear all the action right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now going up against the Astros, Jerry DePoto, uh had some thoughts on that yesterday as part of the Jerry Depoto show on with Danny Galan. Yeah,
3: we, we want to stick it to the Astros on our own. We don't need anybody to tell us. So, so I, I think, the you know, it, they're, they're an awesome team. You know, they've been they've been in a really good place uh, over these last five years. And and obviously last year was a, you know, tumultuous one for them. But our 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 focus has to be on what we can do. We can only control you know our end of the equation. We're young uh we do have competitive pitching in our opinion and and we're going to run competitive pitching out there this weekend. but we know we're playing one of the best teams in the American League right out of the shoot.
2: Marco had some similar thoughts to that. The crafty lefty going to be on the mound and Scott service recently talking about Marco is the opening day starter and the tone setter for the starting pitching unit.
4: Really important. Um, and he's earned that uh, he a really nice season for us last year. Um, the thing about Marco, he's a, re- he's a great competitor. Uh, whether he goes out there with his a stuff that night and all of his pitches working or not, he's going to give you everything he's got. Uh, again, he's driven by command and, locating the cutter getting his curveball going all of those things need to be in the mix for him and some nights better than others but he always competes I feel every time he goes out there you know, you know what you're going to get you're going to get great effort he's going to keep you in the ball game he's going to give up a few hits there's going to be traffic uh but he, he keeps you in the game and gives us a chance so uh, uh like I said coming off a great year last year um he I love when he takes the mound yeah he really is uh Sets so that's a great example for our guys. He pitches with good tempo. He's not afraid to attack the strike zone. I don't care who's in the batter's box, and that's what we want out of all of our guys.
2: We got a look at the Mariners' 30-man uh, starting day roster yesterday, and we know the rest of the starting lineup will include Taiwan Walker, Yusei Kikuchi, Kendall Graveman, Justice Sheffield, and Justin Dunn, also some known names in the bullpen that you've heard of before: Dan Altavilla, Brandon Brennan, Carl Edwards Jr. Um, also, Scott Service talking about the possibility of using some piggyback starters, at least in the first couple of weeks, when starting pitchers are still uh, getting length under under their feet.
4: Uh, well, I don't have f- six piggybacks lined up to go with six starters. You know, we're not built that way, but. Uh, I've got, I will call it, in a bucket. There's, you know, three or maybe four of those guys who could. When you say piggyback, I'm thinking, you know, a guy could get you seven, eight outs, maybe nine outs if you needed it. Uh, We'll have one of those guys designated going into the game, Uh, and it may be the point where just straight piggyback. That guy might not come in right after the starter. You know, you might bring a reliever um, in in the fourth inning, maybe to get you out of a jam, and then bring the guy in that can maybe get you eight or nine outs after that guy. It'll depend where we're at in their lineup, uh, you know, score the game and things like that. So, uh, but I, we'll best, I, best we can try to designate one guy for that spot uh, each night until these starters are built up a little bit.
2: Also on the 30-man roster for the M's, catchers Austin Nola and Joe Hudson uh, we'll discuss uh, Tom Murphy here in just a moment, starting on the IL. In the infield, J.P. Crawford, Long Jr., Kyle Seeger, Daniel Vogelbach, and Evan White will be making his MLB debut today. So excited for him. I know there's a lot of guys going to have that special experience this year, but it won't be quite the same because without family in the stands, so uh, really thinking of those guys this year, and what a special moment still that it must be for them. And in the outfield, Kyle Lewis and Malik Smith. Uh, Kyle Lewis impressing so much in summer camp, uh, going oppo <laughs> with his home run, hitting it to just about everywhere. Jerry DiPoto uh, speaking to that on the Jerry Depoto Show. You know,
3: Kyle just lets it travel so far into the zone, and he hit that ball to dead right field, and about 10, 12 rows up. Which is where left hand power hitters pull the ball. And for a right hand hitter to hit the ball that way without leveraging his swing to the pull side is really indicative of, you know, top of the scale raw power. And, and we've always believed that Kyle had that. And you know, the, the, the world's getting to see now what a healthy Kyle Lewis is capable of. And, and again, we're hopeful that he's able to string it together for these 60 games and, and really make the most of this opportunity.
2: In utility roles for the M's, D. Gordon, Tim Lopes, Dylan Moore, and Jose Marmalejos. He had a three run home run just the other day and Topoto mentioning that plenty of young players that showed out in summer. Uh, they weren't necessarily ready to do so in the spring. And he mentioned Jose as someone who did impress him back in spring training, but happy that he's getting this opportunity now. There was a
3: handful of, of young players who made our team that that uh, really even in, in our first go around in Peoria, a couple of them, you know, were not in that position. I guess most notably Anthony Mishevitz, who is, is getting the, the news of his life, I would imagine, and a big moment for him. Jose Marmolejos, who, who quite frankly impressed us down in Peoria and, and really took it a step further here during summer camp and, and a lot of those young players that we've talked so much about over this last year and a half and really showed up in, in the summer camp, guys like Kyle Lewis and Evan White.
2: Starting the year on the injured list, Austin Adams, right-handed reliever Gerson Batista, Yoshihisa Hirano, Mitch Haniger, and Tom Murphy. That news come down this week. DePoto, of the latest on Tom Murphy, though, pretty hopeful that he won't be out long.
3: We do think that Murph is going to turn around, you know, I guess, sooner than later, and with, with Austin Nola in the house and Joe Hudson who has some major league experience who will now sub in and, and, and back up Austin. We feel like we're in pretty good shape there. We did add uh, Joseph Odom to our 60 man player pool and, and he will serve as a, a taxi squad member. But, you know, we, we feel like that was an area we were okay. Uh, if it were a long-term injury with, with Murph, then we would feel differently.
2: Speaking of that three-man taxi squad, so these are players who will travel with the team, will be available if an active roster player needs to be replaced. Uh, Taylor Gilbeau on that list, the left-handed pitcher Sam Haggerty, and then Joseph Odom, as mentioned there, by by the manager. Uh, MLB Network's John Morosi also joining Bob David Moore yesterday to take a look and evaluate the M's roster. I uh, was
1: surprised, obviously, with Bradley not making the opening day 30-man roster. Uh, Marmolejos, it'll be interesting to see him now come up. It's a great job of signing him. By the, uh, by the pro scouting staff to identify him as a, as a Nationals minor league free agent uh, and bringing him over to Seattle. Now he makes the open day roster. That's a great story there for Seattle. But I think it's going to be a lot of that young talent. I think Kyle Lewis has a chance. I know Marco Gonzalez was, was uh, mentioning him as the Rookie of the Year candidate. That's a, that's a great call by Marco. I think Kyle Lewis has a chance to really surprise the people. First-round talent, healthy now, opportunity to play. I think it's a really nice combination of factors there for Lewis. Of course, Evan White at first base. So I think it's still a young team, really excited to see Justice Sheffield now getting more of a chance in the Major League. But I think if they finish right around 500, that puts them to be on track for me for a much improved chance to contend, I believe, in 2021.
2: Morosi there mentioning Fraley, Jake Fraley, the outfielder that a lot of people thought might be on the opening day roster, still on the 40-man roster, but optioned to the alternate training site as of now, along with Eric Swanson, the right-handed pitcher. Morosi also on where he thinks the M's will be at this season.
1: I I think it's going to be below 500, uh, candidly. It's a tough division. I look at the Angels as being a lot better this year. I realize that with Otani now coming back for them on the mound, Rendon arriving to the Angels, that's going to be a tough team, I think. contend with and then of course you also have the rangers uh and Corey kluber arriving there i've I've always liked their rotation the last couple of years uh and so i think they'll get better as well in texas so i i think that if if the mariners get close to 500 if they're in that range of 29 wins 28 wins i would say it's a pretty good year because this is still a very much a team in transition
2: Uh, There's a full interview for you online with John Morosi at 710sports.com, which you can click on under the podcast tab up next on the Blitz. Also, some really exciting news yesterday when it comes to the new Seattle franchise. We are no longer nameless of our hockey team here in Seattle. Unleash the Kraken yesterday. We'll hear from Todd Laiwicki on how they came to that name decision next on the Blitz right here on 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: You're listening to The Blitz from the Alaska Airlines studio.
2: Welcome back to The Blitz at 6. Lydia Cruz hanging out with you Friday, July 24th. We made it to Friday, folks. We got baseball last night. It was cool to see the opening game, but then also the Mariners home opener. That's where it's really at against the Houston Astros. You can listen to all the action right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. First pitch is at 610 We've got you covered here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Also, some exciting news yesterday when we learned the new name of our Seattle hockey team. The 32nd NHL franchise unleashed the Kraken yesterday. Uh, We have five main team colors. We also learned Deep Sea Navy, Ice Blue, Boundless Blue, Shadow Blue, and Red Alert. In addition to the S, which also is a nod to the Very first hockey team here in Seattle uh, to hoist the Stanley Cup. That would be the Seattle Metropolitan. So wearing the S, they say, is a nod to them. Uh, We'll also have an alternate to that, which is an anchor with the space needle in in it, which is pretty cool. Yesterday, chief executive officer, team president of the Kraken, Todd Laiwiki, addressing a crowd out at uh, the former Key Arena to discuss that. They listen to fans as part of this process
5: survey resulted in 100,000 fans weighing in with a 1,000 unique team names. We listened, we read every name, but we listened to more than that survey. For the last two years, we've listened in coffee shops and in meetings and in Zoom calls at our preview center. We've heard from tens and tens of thousands of fans, and we've spent two years listening. Every day, for the past two years, we thought about this moment, and
2: we knew if we did
5: listen, we couldn't go wrong.
2: Laiwiki also talking about the brand of this team. we
5: simply listen to build that next great team brand, and a great brand reflects who you are, where you are, and ultimately the passion of your fans. And it's that passion that is going to inspire our players, who will play here, right here in this beautiful arena. And they're going to battle game after game with the single goal to bring the Cup back to Seattle.
2: Emily Kaplan, who does a great job reporting on the NHL for ESPN, she discussed yesterday how the name came to be. Seattle team's not going to play in the NHL until the 2021-2022 season, but they finally have a name, which is something fans have been asking for. And it is the Seattle Kraken, and their color scheme is this icy, cool blue, a deep-sea navy with red accents. And I talked to one of the co-owners of the team, Andy Jassy, and he told me that they looked at more than 1,200 names and seriously considered 100 of them. And one of the names they actually did consider was the Seattle Metropolitans, which is the original name of the team that played in Seattle and won a Stanley Cup in 1917. But one of the reasons that name got nixed is that Commissioner Gary Bettman had reticence about naming a team when there's already a metropolitan division. So we did settle on Kraken, but you'll notice in their sweaters, their main logo is an S. And that S is both the mythical sea creature, but an homage to the Metropolitan's original jersey. Senior Vice President of Digital and Fan Experience for the Seattle Kraken, Todd Humphrey, joining Bob David Moore yesterday and also discussed that they knew the name was going to be that for about two months. They've been in full lockdown mode with it. We
6: were on full lockdown. It's... Um... You know, it it does speak because it it really has been, you know, well anticipated, um, expected, uh, debated. And so the fact that we were able to keep it uh, under wraps, it was funny, you know, one of the lines that came through was uh, Todd Laiwicki, the other Todd organization, our CEO, who's just fantastic. You know, he said, the next time we start a company, it should be a plumbing company because we have no leaks. And uh, Uh. I think that speaks to the, uh, you know, it's been a fun process, but boy, it, it has been hard to keep it under wraps. and. Yeah, it's just fun to get it out there, and we're, we're all just super proud of what uh, what the end result is.
2: What were some of the other finalists? Well, at least in 40 years, we'll know, because they gave a time capsule to the Space Needle with the other finalists for the team name, and it will be revealed in maybe 40 years.
6: I can't actually tell you, but I can tell you this. Um, we gave a, uh, we've got a time capsule, and I think it's uh, with the folks at the Space Needle. Um, and it is uh, going to be unveiled, I think, in 40 years. So if you're willing to wait another 40 years... I won't be here, like, Todd. You, Todd, I won't be uh, here in 40 years. Know, man. Huh? You never know, man. You never know, man. The Kraken the is going to revitalize. It's probably going to give you extra life.
2: <laughs> also, yesterday, the turn on what the actual fan experience will be like, and the team trying to innovate as much on that front as well. We're
6: trying to really take away all the inefficiencies that fans often hear or feel. Um, that is primarily waiting in line. So Todd Lywicki likes to say, we have declared war on lines. Um, we are going to do everything in our power and use technology and use other means to allow people to spend more time watching the game, socializing before and during the game, uh, during periods. Um, you know, we just think there's a lot of inefficiencies in the sports experience. So. Um, it's going to feel like a Seattle game. I think it's going to be crazy loud in this building. Um, and people are going to feel like they're, um, we've really paid attention to what their overall experience is.
2: More on that later in this hour, but coming up next on the Blitz, it is opening day for the M's. We'll hear more from John Morosi of MLB network with some thoughts on this M's roster plus recapping some of the action that we saw last night. It's next on the Blitz right here on 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: From the Alaska Airlines studio, this is The Blitz. It's a lot of fun in the whirlwind, you know. Wind up by Bowery, delivers,
1: swing and a high fly ball deep into the gap. In left center field. Going, going, goodbye, baseball! Into the Marinab bullpen, welcome to the big leagues, Kyle Lewis. You know, runner's
0: in scoring position, I wanted to just be aggressive and see if I could get a pitch out early. First pitch to Lewis, he swings, and it's a high
1: fly ball, carrying back, way, way back, out of the track. Urban watching, God, home run! Kyle Lewis, welcome welcome to the show just glad to help contribute a win honestly swing and a drive deep into the gap in left center field kyle lewis does it again kyle lewis with his third home run in the major leagues and the 0-1 pitch lewis is swinging a high drive straight away center field angle to the warning track to the wall goodbye baseball kyle lewis with his fourth big league home run a three-run home run here in the bottom of the eighth inning.
0: Unreal. You know, there's no words for it, but hopefully I'm going to continue to work day by day and continue to just give it my best every day.
2: Kyle Lewis, Mashing Dingers. I thought that was just a fun way to start off your Friday. Welcome back to the Blitz at Six. Lydia Cruz alongside with you. Impressing in summer camp as well as last season, Jerry Depoto talking about Kyle Lewis. One of the many things he discussed as part of the Jerry Depoto show yesterday on with Danny and Gallant. How do you
7: feel about the group, the the thirty guys that you're going to put on the roster for the opener tomorrow?
3: Yeah, really excited. I, I think we, we we're going to see a lot of major league debuts. Uh, there was a handful of, of young players who made our team that that uh, really even in in our first go around in Peoria a couple of them you know were not in that position i guess most notably anthony Mishevitz, who is is getting the the news of his life i would imagine is a big moment for him jose marmolejos who who quite frankly impressed us down in peoria and and really took it a step further here during summer camp and and a lot of those young players that we've talked so much about over this last year and a half and really showed up in, in the summer camp, guys like Kyle Lewis and Evan White, uh, hopefully you got a chance to tune in last night and see how good Justice Sheffield looked, J.P. Crawford, you know, Shed Long's really starting to swing the bat. So we're excited about where the, where the young guys are and, and what this 60-game season has the potential to be for us growing forward.
4: Who's hotter going into the year? Evan White? Or Kyle Lewis <laughs> you got me
3: they're both smoking hot, and the, you know Kyle, you know to be fair, uh, Evan Whites at bats have been excellent from day one of the summer camp and and so have Kyles, but Kyles have been loud and you know, while Evans hit a couple of homers and, and he sprayed some doubles through the gaps, and his at bats have been generally excellent. It's uh, Kyle is often the most noticeable player on the field because he's hitting them 400 feet roughly every third swing he takes. <laughs> so I guess if if we were judging it by you know audible sound off the bat, they're they've both been awesome, and we're so excited for where they're going. But you know, Kyle's been so good in this summer camp, and and I hope he's able to maintain that that the place he's in right now as we get into the regular season.
7: I, I saw one of the homers that Kyle hit this week, and it was an opposite field shot. And it was kind of power that you do not usually see to the opposite field. I was I, I, I was kind of blown away by, by how strong he was to the opposite field, Jerry.
3: You know, it's it's really where his biggest power is. And uh, he hit that home run. I, I know the home run you're talking about. He, he's hit about five of them in this summer camp and in three weeks. And But, you know, the home run that you're talking about was off of a, you know, let, let's call it a, a well above the norm uh fastball from Dan Altavilla. I think it was 98 miles an hour. And, you know, Kyle just lets it travel so far into the zone. And he hit that ball to dead right field and about 10, 12 rows up. Which is where left-hand power hitters pull the ball, and for a right-hand hitter to hit the ball that way without leveraging his swing to the pull side is really indicative of, you know, top-of-the-scale raw power. And and we've always believed that Kyle had that, and you know, the 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 world's getting to see now what a healthy Kyle Lewis is capable of. And, and again, we're hopeful that he's able to string it together for these sixty games and, and really make the most of this opportunity.
4: Have you been getting any messages from those across baseball? And I know you're you're not on the field, but to stick it to the Astros on Friday? No,
3: nah, we we want to stick it to the Astros on our own. We don't need anybody to tell us. So, <laughs> so I, I think the you know it, they're, they're an awesome team. You know they've been they've been in a really good place uh, over these last five years, and and obviously last year was a you know tumultuous one for them, but our 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 focus has to be on what we can do we can only control you know our end of the equation we're young uh we do have competitive pitching in our opinion and and we're going to run competitive pitching out there this weekend but we know we're playing one of the best teams in the American League right out of the shoot and you know the the pandemic really dulled the edge that the maybe the public had Going into this season with the Astros and and I think that's probably a, a good thing for the sanity of baseball. Now we can just focus on on the fun of the game rather than everybody working in the in the angry world of social media.
7: <laughs> it is an angry world. It's no good in there, Jerry. I've I've decided to try and pull my head out of it as much as I can. Uh the Jerry DePoto show is brought to you each week by Geico. This is gonna be different. And we've seen we've seen other sports played soccer without fans we haven't seen basketball yet we've seen them start to scrimmage we've seen your intra-squad scrimmages and some some teams playing playing mock games what what's it going to be like for the players do you think as as regular season and sort of the intensity ramps up and you don't have a live audience
3: you know it, 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 it was unusual to watch these last couple of weeks playing inter-squad games with no fans in the stands and 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 see that the players were trying to create a little extra energy that themselves that the fans and, and and i I believe most fans know this. the fans really create the atmosphere in a ballpark and it's uh it that 's been sorely missed and and i don 't know how we 're going to make up for that or if we 're going to make up for that but i was I was impressed with how the players were you know pushing each other to try to come up with that energy and And, you know, I will say that if you had a chance to watch any of the broadcasts or see any of the the online streams, uh, there is a a degree of ambient noise, like crowd noise that's playing in the background. And and over the course of the two weeks, it it actually did improve, you know, the audibility of it. and, And it did replicate something. But you can't replicate the energy that the fans sitting in the ballpark provide for the, for the, the player on the field. And, and obviously that will, to some extent, affect the, the way it appears uh, on, on a TV. But the players have done a great job of just focusing on the game and trying to create some of it themselves.
2: Mariners GM Jerry DiPoto, full interview available for you, 710sports.com. Up next on The Blitz, still more news on the Mariners home opener today. Also, the Washington professional football team officially changing their name to an interim name. We'll discuss the intricacies of that and also some big headlines from around baseball yesterday, including Juan Soto testing positive for COVID-19, Clayton Kershaw being scratched at the last moment from his start next in the hot list right here on 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: You're listening to the Blitz from the Alaska Airlines Studio. It's time for the Hot List. Holy mackerel! The headlines for the day in sports every morning at six forty-five. Heck yes! What are we missing here? A full breakdown of the top stories of today on your morning drive. Let's go! Wow.
2: Washington professional football team will henceforth officially be referred to as the Washington football team this season. Pending the adoption of a new name, the NFL franchise announced yesterday the name simply an interim a placeholder in the, until they are able to decide on a new one. Adam Schefter yesterday on why they settled for the temporary name
8: Washington football team. That's exactly the name that they're going through because they cannot get a nickname in time. For the 2020 season, and so they're going to use Washington football team for this season while they solicit the opinions of players, fans, sponsors, community, people around the team to figure out what is the best direction to go. Usually these types of processes can take 18 to 24 months. The Redskins are fast-tracking everything, or the Washington football team is fast-tracking everything, but there's only so much they can do. They are changing the uniform to a certain degree. They are changing the logo. It's still going to be burgundy and gold on the uniform, but the Redskins logo that existed on the helmet now will be replaced by each player's number in gold.
2: Washington hopes to be rid of its former moniker on all excuse me, physical and digital spaces in the next 50 days. So the buy the September 13th regular season opener against the Philadelphia Eagles. What we do know is that WFT uh, will not change its color scheme. Still going to be the burgundy and gold, as Schefter mentioned there. The logo on the helmet replaced by each player's number in gold hoping to debut its home uniforms in week one against the Eagles, its road uniforms in week two against the Arizona Cardinals. Fans will be able to purchase Washington football team merchandise from Fanatics and NFL Shop in the coming days. Shefty also mentioned that some popular nicknames for Washington might be trademarked. Well, first
8: of all, you have to have Nike design new uniforms. You have to get the name clear. There are people who have been trademarking names in the Washington area for the last decade, thinking or suspecting that the day might come where this team might decide to change names. And so there are people who legally hold the rights to names that we've heard bandied about. The Washington Warriors, the Washington Redtails, the Washington Defenders. You come up with the nickname and there's a good chance that somebody else legally has taken the rights to that name and the Washington football team will have to figure out a way to get it back. There are the legal hurdles, as you mentioned. Then you'd have to sit down and design a whole new logo, a whole new helmet, a whole new uniform. You just can't do that when you've announced on July 3rd, earlier this month, that you're going to be reviewing whether or not to keep the name.
2: So as of now, not WTF, no wash WFT, that's it. I Yeah, I got to say that to myself a couple of times so i got it major league baseball and the major league players association agreed thursday to expand the playoffs from 10 teams to 16 teams for the 2020 season all second place teams in the six divisions will now qualify for the playoffs the seventh and eighth playoff teams in each league will be determined by best record the first round of the playoffs is scheduled for september 29th through october 2nd will be 4 three game series in each league with all games played at the higher seats home stadium The rest of the rounds will be their usual typical length, a two-division series in each league with five games, while the American League, National League Championship Series, and World Series will be seven-game series. Rob Manfred on the broadcast yesterday talking about the new playoff format. Well, we're
8: excited about it. Uh, We think it's an opportunity for baseball to have three great days filled with baseball right at the beginning of the postseason. Uh, We think the format is especially good given our shortened season this year. Um, I think it'll be great for fans and great for the players.
2: Um, Also, Manfred, explaining a few more details of how the playoff format will work.
8: It's going to be eight teams from each league, uh, the three division winners, the three second place teams, and then the next two teams with the best record. There will be no first round buys. It'll be just pure seeding, one versus eight, two versus seven. The advantage to winning the division is all three games in each series, Then they'll be played at home all at the site of the club with the higher ranking.
2: Uh, Thursday's agreement also with a little surprise. Collection of the luxury tax will reportedly be suspended this year. The playoff expansion had previously been part of the MLB's proposal to restart the season before the union ended talks and told the league to just announce the schedule. The postseason last expanded back in 2012. Players also will receive a $50 million pool that will be part of this, so it will be distributed after each round and could increase if fans are allowed in stadiums for the postseason, although... That's looking unlikely at this time. The change also means 53 percent of the 30 teams will now reach the playoffs. Um, some unfortunate news yesterday: a National Star outfielder, Juan Soto, tested positive for COVID nineteen. His manager, Skipper Dave Martinez, on on that positive test. The good
6: news is, he's asymptomatic. He feels he feels fine. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, we can get him back as soon as possible. You know, my, my thing is, you know, I had to have conversations with our players. Let them know what was going on, and and, you know just just to stay positive and tell them that you know we're going to get through this. This is this is kind of the life we live in right now. You know we're we're trying to play baseball through a pandemic, and um, unfortunately these you know these are the things that that might happen. So um, our guys are good. You know you know they're going they're going to be ready to play. You know they're going to stay going to stay positive. Um, You know and they said you know they're going to pick try to pick up one tonight and, and, and go from there. So. Um, you know, I just hope that one, like I said, one, uh, doesn't feel ill through all this and that he gets back as soon as possible.
2: Mike Rizzo, National's GM too, on a reaction to one of their best offensive players testing positive. Well, we feel bad for him.
5: You know, he's, you know, he's a great player the fans want to see him, uh, and he affects Atlanta because, you know, we, we don't have as good a chance to, to beat the, uh, a great team like the New York Yankees as if we had him. So, uh. But, uh, but what can you do about it? You've got to move on and you've got to play ball. They're going to play this game tonight with or without Juan Soto. So we uh, we got to find the best way to, uh, to you know, kind of channel our energies and uh, players have to step up and, uh, and we're going to have to win without our best guy. So uh, it's a challenge. But uh, we face faced challenges before where uh, uh, we, like the, we like the depth that we have in this roster. We like the, the, the players that are going to fill in for them. They're not going to replace Soto, uh, but uh, we're going to have to win games in a different way.
2: Meanwhile, speaking of that game, the Yankees beat the Nationals four to one in a five and a half inning game. It was truncated by lightning and a downpouring of rain Uh, yesterday. Garrett Cole nearly had a no hitter for his pinstripe debut. Gave up a lone home run to Adam Eaton. Garrett Cole on making his debut for the Yanks.
6: I was so excited. I was walking through the clubhouse before, and I saw like a bunch of guys in Yankees uniforms. Like, and I don't know. It just it just hit me that uh, this was for real and. Um, so I was uh, definitely battling uh, some adrenaline early, trying to hone the timing and the, and the sink with kind of that new surge. Uh, but, I, you know, I thought Gary guided the ship about
4: as well as he could have.
2: Also, the Baby Bombers looked in midseason form a couple of huge knocks, including Giancarlo Stanton's 459-foot home run.
0: 1-1 one, one to stand. Swing and a high fly ball well struck out towards left center field. That one back there on its way and gone! Absolutely crushed by Carlos Stanton out to left center. And just like that, the Yankees jump out and it is two to nothing.
2: Just not even fair, man. It just doesn't even look like he's breaking a sweat. Meanwhile, the Dodgers later in the evening beat the Giants 8-1 to in Los Angeles, despite Clayton Kershaw's late scratch from what would have been his ninth opening day start. He had some back issues. Manager Dave Roberts on how Kershaw got injured. It was
3: uh, his a workout on Tuesday. His back stiffened up and got treatment on it that night. Felt better. Uh, yesterday came in, felt a little bit better. And then this morning... Just uh, with the training staff, just to make sure we err on the side of caution, didn't feel that it was prudent to start him. We let Dustin May know yesterday that this was a possibility, and so this is uh, the way it's played out.
2: He said also they don't have a timeline for Kershaw to get back. But instead, we did get to see 22-year-old Dustin May on the mound for Mookie Betts, uh, his debut, making his debut, and he has got some electric stuff. I don't know how his fastball gets that much movement. Mookie Betts also making his debut as a Dodger and logging his first hit. Uh, Pretty cool for him.
1: Betts on 2-1. and That's a base hit into left field. But Mookie is aboard. His first hit is a Dodger, single
8: to
2: left. Also after signing that 12-year extension, keeping him in L.A. for possibly his entire career. Mookie also joining SportsCenter yesterday with some thoughts on players deciding to kneel before the game.
4: Um, it just shows unity. I think everybody's on board with, with uh, what's going on in the world. Uh, we have to make some change, and you know it starts here, and we have to do our part. And, um, you know, It's amazing to know that uh, everybody here is on board with, with something, and like I said, we have to find a way to make change, and this is uh, the first step.
2: Dave Roberts also speaking to that, too, and supporting his players and their decision to do that. Good news, at least according to Dan Graziato, the NFL close to making a deal with the NFLPA. There is a lot still on the table negotiation-wise to be discussed between the two parties about training camps, health and safety protocols, opt-out clauses. Here was Dan this morning on Goal and Wingo. The
7: big issues right now, Jay, and I'm sure this will shock you, is, uh, are all about money. And the players want to know what the procedure will be if they decide to opt out or if they have to opt out for medical reasons, what happens to their contracts. And then, of course, there's the big issue of projected 2020 revenue loss and what effect that has on future year salary caps. The owners want to take the hit up front. They want to put as much lo- of those losses as possible into this year and next and then just start the salary cap growth where it was in 2022. The players want to spread the hit out over a number of years. So they're kind of negotiating from those two poles uh, to to meet somewhere in the middle.
2: But apparently uh, there was discussion going on yesterday, and they're scheduled to meet today as well. So at least progress uh, on the surface level moving towards that is training camps. A lot of people are scheduled to report on July 28th. Today is opening day for the Mariners. Marco Gonzalez, the crafty lefty on the mound versus Justin Verlander in Houston, 610 uh, p.m. first pitch. And we already know the starting rotation for the M's. It's going to be Marco, Taiwan Walker, Yusei Kikuchi, Kendall Braveman, Justice Sheffield, and Justin Dunn. Really utilizing that lefty-righty-lefty-righty balance there. Um, but Scott Service speaking to Marco in particular as opening A starter and what he means as tone setter for this team.
4: Really important. Um, and he's earned it. Uh, he had a really nice season for us last year. Um, the thing about Marco, he's a, re- he's a great competitor. Uh, whether he goes out there with his A stuff that night and all of his pitches working or not, He's going to give you everything he's got. Uh, again, he's driven by command and locating the cutter, getting his curveball going. All of those things need to be in the mix for him. And some nights better than others, but he always competes. I feel every time he goes out there, you know, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get great effort. He's going to keep you in the ball game. He's going to give up a few hits. There's going to be traffic. Uh, but he, he keeps you in the game and gives us a chance. So, uh, uh, like I said, coming off a great year last year, um, he I love when he takes the mound. Yeah, He really is uh, sets a great example for our guys. He pitches with good tempo. He's not afraid to attack the strike zone. I don't care who's in the batter's box, and that's what we want out of all of our guys.
2: Manager, Manager Scott Service also saying that they might be utilizing some piggyback starters, at least in this first couple of weeks, as starters still are getting their pitch counts under them and learning to stretch out those innings, but they could possibly use some piggyback starters Uh, out of the bullpen. As for the rest of the 30-man roster that was revealed yesterday, uh, Austin Nola, Joe Hudson uh, for catching duties in the infield, J.P. Crawford, Shedlong Jr., Kyle Seeger, Daniel Vogelbach, and Evan White going to make his MLB debut today. I'm so excited for Evan. And fortunately, it's not the typical season when his family gets to be there in person. But... Really excited for him. Outfielders uh, Kyle Lewis, Malik Smith. No real surprise there, except Jake Fraley. A lot of people expected him to be on the opening 30-man roster. He's still on the 40-man, but uh, but not on the 30-man as of now. And as for utility, D. Gordon, Tim Loeb, Dylan Moore, and Jose Marmaleos. In that category, the injured list starting the year off there, Austin Adams, uh, the righty in the bullpen, Gerson Bautista as well, Yoshihisa Hirano, and then Mitch Haniger. we knew that, and then Tom Murphy, that injury news, a broken foot in, pho- bone in his foot, that news coming down this week. Unfortunately, the good news is Jerry Depoto was pretty optimistic when he spoke with Danny and Gallant yesterday that he won't be out for very long, that they uh, feel confident that that turnaround is going to happen quickly. Three-man taxi squad for the team, Taylor Gilbo, the left-handed pitcher, Sam Haggerty, and Joe Odom, another catcher. Those are the players who will travel with the team and will be available if an active roster player needs to be replaced. Well, it's, it's official. Baseball's back. Mariners baseball is back later today. Remember to tune in right here, 710 ESPN Seattle, 610 p.m. Uh, welcome back, baseball. Everybody have a safe, fun weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. Welcome
0: back, baseball. Welcome back.